Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From the pages of The New Yorker, this is the Weekly Comment Podcast. In On the Border, Amy Davidson Sorkin writes about the Republicans' test at the border. President Donald Trump doesn't like to be alone, it seems, at least not during a government shutdown fight. During the holidays, he complained about having to stay in the White House and work while his wife Melania flew to Mar-a-Lago. Poor me. Last Thursday, the 20th day of the partial shutdown, when he traveled to inspect the border near McKellen, Texas, he brought along the Secretary of Homeland Security, Kirsten Nielsen, Lieutenant General Todd Semonite, the head of the Army Corps of Engineers, a potential wall builder, and Sean Hannity of Fox News. Trump also kept the state's two Republican senators, John Cornyn and Ted Cruz, close at hand. They walked with him along the Rio Grande as he met with Customs and Border Patrol agents. When the president asked an agent how many Pakistani immigrants his team had apprehended the day before, the answer was two, Cruz and Cornyn leaned in to listen. I think the Republicans are very happy, Trump told reporters. I think there's great unity. Cruz, who was sporting a barn jacket and a new beard, nodded vigorously in agreement. The question of how many real friends the president has among the Senate's Republicans has rarely been more acute. The Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has said that he would allow a vote only on funding bills to reopen the government that the president will sign, knowing that Trump intends to sign only a bill that will give him more than $5 billion to build a wall or a steel barrier. McConnell, along with many other GOP lawmakers, has moved from the role of reluctant supporter to that of active booster. On Tuesday, he dismissed Democratic criticism of the wall, that it is wasteful, demagogic, driven by bigotry, and generally immoral as silly. He added that enforcing our laws wasn't immoral under other presidents. Only Trump, he said, has been so maligned. And after Trump delivered a primetime address on the shutdown, which was riddled with inaccuracies, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina said, This is the most presidential I've seen President Trump. There were reports that some Senate Republicans, notably Cory Gardner of Colorado, Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and Rob Portman of Ohio, are growing increasingly irritated with Trump's intransigence, not to mention with the lies that he is told to defend his position. That would be understandable, given the disruption that the shutdown has brought to the lives of the 800,000 affected federal workers, and to the people and the country they serve. The CBP agents who showed Trump around McAllen have been working without pay, as have many of the people involved in getting Air Force One to Texas. But when members of the Republican caucus met with Trump at the White House last Wednesday, the opposition was, by most accounts, muted. I was able to raise the issues that I have with using a shutdown, Murkowski told The Times. He listened and urged that we all stick together. In McAllen, Trump said he felt that even very smart Democrats had realized that his insistence on the wall was a political winner. It's common sense, he said. Republicans, as he sees it, will triumph at the polls by accusing Democrats of being indifferent to crime in their mad pursuit of open borders. He may be wrong, judging from the midterms. But if he can persuade enough Republicans to adopt that tactic, and many already have, it will both extend the shutdown and make the 2020 election even cruder and dirtier than it is already bound to be. The Republicans may also be facing a more immediate test. 
I have the absolute right to declare a national emergency, Trump said on the way to McAllen, adding that if the Democrats didn't give him his wall, probably I will do it. I would almost say definitely. The consensus among legal scholars is that any president has the power under the 1976 National Emergencies Act to take certain limited actions, in particular the diverting of funds from existing military construction projects when faced with a national emergency. The problem is that for the past 40 years, it has been left to the president to decide whether a crisis exists and whether the actions that he wants to take will actually help solve it. The law, thus, may not offer adequate protections against a president who sees not getting his way on a piece of legislation as a national emergency. The administration is reportedly considering moving money allocated for disaster relief in Puerto Rico, California, and Texas to a wall slush fund. This is a flaw in the emergency statutes, as much as in Trump's character. Congressional Democrats have indicated that if the president does declare an emergency to build the wall, they will sue him. The humanitarian crisis on the border could become a constitutional one. Some Republican senators have expressed wariness about such an aggressive extension of executive powers. Marco Rubio of Florida warned his colleagues about a future president declaring climate change an emergency. They would do better to contemplate what other emergencies Trump might find if he gets accustomed to invoking them, especially as his own legal problems escalate. As with the shutdown, the Republican senators have the most power to limit Trump and are the least likely to use it. In McAllen, Trump turned to Cruz for affirmation of his broad view of his powers and got it in the form of more enthusiastic nods. The same afternoon, the White House reportedly scuttled a deal that Senator Graham had been working on, aimed at both giving the president a substantial sum to build a wall and granting Democrats some of the measures that they had fought for on immigration, including protections for the Dreamers. Graham seemed frazzled, telling reporters, somebody's got to, like, get some energy to fix this. Soon afterward, he put out a statement suggesting someone who might, instead, break it more. It is time for President Trump to use emergency powers to fund the construction of a border wall barrier, he said. I hope it works. Graham may have walked away from negotiations, but neither he nor his Republican colleagues were leaving the president behind. That was On the Border by Amy Davidson Sorkin from The New Yorker magazine, January 21st, 2019. Narrated by Jamie Rennell. Also in the magazine this week, D.T. Max on Nick Dursano's cartoon, Joshua Rothman on Making Big Decisions. Dana Goodyear on an epic film inspired by Gerhard Richter. Jia Yang Fan on Cantopop and politics in Hong Kong. Vincent Cunningham on an exploration of hell. Dan Chiason on Sally Wen Mao. Amanda Petrusich on Sharon Van Etten. Emily Nussbaum on Good Trouble and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Alexandra Schwartz on Blue Ridge. Fiction by Salvatore Shibona and more. Audible.com produces a weekly audio edition of The New Yorker. To subscribe or to download individual issues, we invite you to go to www.audible.com and enter New Yorker in the search box. To subscribe to the comment podcast, go to www.newyorker.com or to the New Yorker room on the iTunes store.